the button. Hi, universe. Universe, you know it was 11.59 when I hit the button, even though it says 12 a.m. That, I don't think I could have cut it any closer. <clears throat> I literally hit the button as it turned to 12. Hmm. Well, that is appropriate. Here in the 12th episode of uh, Late for Work Again, but... Appropriate in the sense that if ever I had a goal for clocking in, it would be to clock in at the absolute last second available so as not to be late. Well, I just did it. So, developing good new habits? <laughs> no. Matter of fact, um, I don't have my headset on. I don't have some other stuff. Yeah. Pause. I think this new app might have a longer pause button, but let's not test it. Well, I mean, I have to unpause. Still says pause. Okay, unpause. The, uh, the, uh, discombobulated start is not indicative of the level of organization I'm trying to bring to this one. Admittedly, I'm not showing much of that yet. Um, trying to think about work conceptually um, led me to uh, several distracted alleyways. <clears throat> One of which is the idea of where we all fall on the sliding scale of job satisfaction. And I'm going to call it job satisfaction, even if what you really have is a career. Um, if you're the evening nightly news anchor for CBS, well, that's not exactly the same as having the job that is the midnight graveyard shift at the 7-Eleven on the corner. But <clears throat> we're both under job stress and... It started making me think, well, what is, what is a job that doesn't have stress? And, and really, first of all, can you, can you just not work? Well, no, I can't. Um, meaning, I can't because too many uh, advantages does this civilization offer me from transportation uh, um, to just the structural presence of what civilization is here to offer <clears throat> means I am very much obligated in my own internal being. Now, this doesn't mean I couldn't be trained to think this way, but I really don't feel that. So in my internal being, I feel like I need to participate in society's greater good. What that encompasses in the easiest to quantify little bucket of, no, I'm getting that job done, is to have a job, contribute to the tax structure, become a citizen of voting interest in your legislation, and be informed enough to recognize poison ivy so you don't get systemic reactions to that stuff in the Connecticut wilderness. <clears throat> Those are the things that I think are baseline
And much like a game, I don't know that that baseline isn't something we've kind of come up with socially as a, yeah, 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 that feels about right. I mean, not everybody has to be contributing to society by having a, a tax paying or tax withdrawing income stream that is physical or some other form of actual work, labor. But um, there are plenty of ways to contribute to society. However, I think we all feel like we're not just here to take, take, take whatever our individual little uh, desires want. We're here to pitch in. So that can manifest very easily for me, and I, and I would assume for most men, straight into the, well, time to get a job, get my ass to work, got to do something with my life, right? That, those kinds of thoughts. And I'm not saying women don't have the same intuitions um, in terms of calling and obligation and duty and all that stuff. I just don't know that they can't immediately find um, an avenue to fulfilling purpose um, by having children. And I'm telling you from a male point of view, <laughs> that may sound like the most misogynist thing I've ever said, but it is the one thing we can't do. And I, and I don't, I don't want to pretend that, <clears throat> look, men are not cut out for childbirth. So it's a damn good thing women are the ones doing it. But I've always known that you got the better end of the deal because you're the ones who are actually creating life. Yeah, you have to birth it out, and that looks awful. And you have to carry it around. That looks almost as awful. There's a lot of awful. But there's the one magical moment of knowing that your machinery just did the most magical thing it can do. And men don't get that. They don't deserve it. So, fuck them, right? But it's a... It's a it's, hmm. Well, for me, it was always a... a Certainly a double-edged star. <laughs> this is like, yeah, I don't know that I necessarily deserve it or even really have the responsibility in my head to own up to it. And um, and yet, to to know it's it's a gap of, of, frankly, the wonder of the universe that you will just always get to witness but not experience. There's some of that. And I don't know, you know, in return, uh, I'm sure you look at us and think, well, uh, I wonder what it's, uh, nope, nothing. Nope, I don't wonder at all. I'm just glad, glad you're that and I'm this. I can see that. I can see that for sure. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's... Um, I don't think it's the kind of um, gender bender um, conundrum that I've ever even weighed out. I don't sit around wondering why I couldn't have been a woman. I've never even really given that more than 15 seconds of thought in 52 and a half years of life. Um, but the, the cosmic side of being a man is something that you almost come to peace with as the the wind on which seeds are being distributed <clears throat> and 
if I'm being frank, I always hated how driven you are to blow your wind. And it's just, when that vanished, and it didn't vanish, well, it it went on the kind of extended lunch break that you finally realize, and this this might have been almost like lying. This one might have been the realization I came to with the, oh, am I recording? I forgot if I even hit. This new application is a little confusing, so I bet I'm talking to myself. Nope, I'm talking to you. What was I talking about? Um, <laughs> damn it. Um, hang on. <clears throat> oh, I bet I just, I uh, probably just cleared my throat in your face. But accidentally, or lesson not learnedly yet. All right, back to the conversation. <clears throat> Honestly, if you are, <laughs> if you've given up on yourself, or at least if you think there are elements of yourself that are just here to stay, they're going to be the unfortunate quirks on which you will have to juggle whatever social interaction they create hiccups within. And you, at least you're dexterous with the language, so you'll talk your way out of 95% of them and the 5% that you're like, yeah, I don't know. Straight up lie to your face. Sorry. Well, we'll uh, hope that you do it to the right people and don't get punched in the mouth. When you've just assigned yourself the card of uh, of deceiver or manipulator or um, <laughs> deviant scheming um, um, disregarder, whatever it is that, that puts you into a mode to lie, if you do it with this sort of ease of, well, yeah, I lied. Of course I lied. I had to. Well, yeah, if that's the person that, that decides they've given up on themselves, well, I think in some cases they might be right. I didn't have a way to stop lying. I didn't have a way to, <sighs> I could not get over the fear of being exposed as my real self to anybody. So the idea that lying would always be with me just felt like the defense mechanism that I had brought to the table, unfortunately, to deal with that. And then all of a sudden you realize that that has stopped. And you don't notice it because you haven't looked for it to happen. In fact, you don't believe that it can happen. So you don't believe that it's stopped. You just think you're in a weird phase where you can't consciously remember thinking like that recently that you were unsteady um, ashamed full of doubt whatever it is right that gets you into a position where you think I might not want to be exposed here so I'll just say this and get out of here <clears throat> you haven't had that experience for a while and as you as you come to know that changes within you have happened, 
your behavior has shown it to you. I mean, it's the it's it says uninvited a uh, uh, a new me as I can admit to after trying to invite every new me I'd ever run into as a possibility of the of it being the real me. This is this was how I really was coping with the world was always trying to become something that other people wanted so that in that role I might discover what was missing inside me which was some sense of drive toward doing something here I just felt so listless or I don't know I was always down to experience stuff but I didn't want to do it too many times. I want to move on and do something else. So I constantly was looking for what felt like the wrong calendar in a world that the rewards were long-term investment in taking your skill set across whatever field of interest you felt had enough question mark and potential of solution to put your life into it. And I, I'm, I'm walking into 1991 as a fresh college graduate, so the entire computer tech industry is birthing itself. I could have picked any of it. Every, every from, from security architecture to, to graphic design to, to you name it. If you wanted to have a, a budding career of demand, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a good time to have an interest in 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 consumer and home electronics it was and it was obvious it was you were dumb if you for once in your life didn't understand that that was a field that had a whole lot of opportunity and i was never interested in it and only because <clears throat> there was no human interaction it was talking to a box and it was talking to a box a lot more back then than it ever would be again so it was not my mission to figure out how to make that box talk back. Um, and so, and, and, oh, but the potential, you know what the PC is going to do? It's going to change everything. Yeah, I know. So's the weather. Whatever. If you're not interested in it, what are you going to do about it? Plastics, right, bro? Plastics. It just felt like even when I could see that these were the waterbeds to sell because these are the waterbeds everyone's going to want to buy for a decade. I didn't want to go sell those waterbeds. You know? It's just... Uh, so, what do you do, though, if you got no direction, you got no purpose, you got no... You got nothing, literally. And, and what's funny, I got to college and uh, my first girlfriend was... Uh, 
Mm, she needs a new nickname. So I'm going to go with um, with first edition. <laughs> Actually, that was more clever than I'd like to admit. But her <clears throat> first edition was um, was a very um, driven and smart human being. And she, when I, she was the first person to shake me out of the thought that college was it. Like, I always thought you just went to college and then once those four years were done, you sort of stumbled into the world and bumbled your way into whatever career it turns out you became part of, whether it was you founded Marvel Comics or you founded, uh, none of it, none of it felt right. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing felt right. In fact, it felt so wrong that when I was putting together my Sweet 16 of job description satisfaction rankings from the number one seed, oh, coming in from where? Heaven? Because, ladies and gentlemen, were you born to do this job? Because if you were... You're the number one seed. Born to do it. I was born to do this. I don't care if it's cleaning latrines. If you were born to do it, and it's purpose driven from within, and you have known it since you could speak words to share what you thought to the rest of us, well, to me, that's the number one seed. As opposed to the number 16 seed, which is, you're a slave. You're doing this job because... You'll die if you don't. So there's slavery in the last position. Born to do it in the first. I put the second seed, and it was a tough call between these two. I can admit that there's some some 50-50 here, but I'll explain the nuance and why I went with born to do it versus my life's calling. I think there are a lot of people who figure out what they want to do when they stumble into it, say, uh, you don't know that, um, that typesetting is a career and you find, oh my God, I just love those little inky letters. So you become a typesetter. So somewhere along the line, you, you figure out what is your life's calling. And let's just say that this might be kind of the priesty thing, right? Um, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I'm just, that, that doesn't seem like the kind of thing that a two-year-old knows, but a two-year-old might literally know they were here to draw comic books. And it turns out they're phenomenal comic book artists and they just have been drawing comics since the time they could talk. And what do you know? They're the best comic book artists in the world. So to me, born to do it means you didn't even have to figure out what it is that gave your life calling. You knew it when you came out of the womb. So that's why it's the number one seed. But I would imagine that born to do it and found your life's calling have about the same level of satisfaction. So I don't think one's necessarily better than the other. But actually, if I had to choose, I would take, I would want to find my life's calling. As long as it's guaranteed, I'm going to find it. Because wandering around, thinking you're just going to bump into it in an alley behind a Taco Bell did not work out. I don't think.
So last uh, seed was slavery. So second worst position to be in, you're working your prison job. I mean, these are very fine nuances between slavery and working your prison job. But, uh, oh, and I had indentured servant over with slavery because um, slavery to me means it's a life, com uh, it's a life commitment. That's terrible. It, you are, this is, this is it. You're, you're, you're in your circumstance and there will be no other circumstance. You will die in this circumstance. You are hopeless. It is the worst. Indentured servant, I don't know that that's any different. Um, I know that there might be some time clock you can work that off. Maybe that's closer to being a prison job, but it feels like you don't have a say in anything. I don't know. Whatever, right? This is all shit. This is what you don't... This is what humans should never... The circumstance, the fact that these exist... So, those... And I... Oh, I put... Uh, it's so fun to mine the the sledge bucket of human mandating human do work but I had work camp <laughs> work camp I had with a prison job instead of with slavery because to me work camp meant I didn't think you were getting whipped or it could be put to death at any point. I, I mean, these are, these are the kind of nuances I'm glad I don't have to figure out. And if you do, I feel so sorry for your life that you ever were put in a position to experience the worst of it because this is the worst of it. And these are all things humans do to humans. None of this is a state of nature. So when we go to the next worst position to be in, if you're calling your job, the, uh, Where's 14, 14, 14, 14. Wouldn't that be over here? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're on work release. <laughs> so you're only let out of prison to go do whatever job they're telling you to go do. That's 14. It's better than being in prison and doing the job in prison, I figure. I don't have experience there, but I'm close to having experience there. So don't think I'm above it. I'm just saying. Those seem like, that seemed like a plateau that was worthy of going up a seed, just like going up to the 13th seed, I have, okay, you're, you're fully leveraged, you're in a shady or illegal situation, and you have no power. In other words, like, you're a prostitute, and that's your pimp. And you know that any trouble, and he's gonna, in other words, I'm not even sure that you want to consider that employment, but that could be the way that you're getting by in the world, and to me, that's a job. And if you're in that kind of situation, as opposed to the pretty woman, $1,000 a night, taking care of your business situation, I mean, I don't deny women any way that we can make a buck, especially off dumbass men. But <clears throat> I think most of those situations involve a power dynamic in which somebody is fully leveraged. So, or you're just in a shady situation and you know that you got to keep your mouth shut continue doing what you're doing there is no getting out of this because now you're at a level where shit is too real for you not to just keep going there's all kinds of ways you can be fully leveraged you could have done it to yourself but to me that's slightly better than being in prison on work release though you're probably headed there 
If you're 13, 14 is looking like it could very well be where you are next year's tournament. All right, so then if you're 12, you are being uh, paid unfairly or illegally or in some not above board capacity. So your employer has all the leverage over you because your, your job is somehow illegal. So you're getting paid cash under the table. He tells you he'll pay 50 bucks a day and he starts handing you 40 and he's like, what are you gonna do about it? You wanna leave? So that is 12, <clears throat> which I assume is better than some of the other situations, but you know, nuance, fair, fair enough. And I'll, I'll admit, I spent a little time, too much time here at the bottom and at the top, because where the majority of my job uh, experience is dead center in the middle, but we'll get to that. So from there, if you're being illegally paid under the table, whatever, giving the employer all the power, and you just have to suck it and say, uh, thank you, master, may I have another? Well, then you can move up to actually getting officially paid, minimum wage, but you hate your job. <laughs> so that would be the step above the employer having all the power. Now, that doesn't mean the employer has lost power here. There's all kinds of leverage ways that you can be compromised, but at least you know what your wage is, you know what your hours are, and you know what the agreement therein is, and that should be a fluid uh, situation that you can count on or at least have an avenue of regress should you see it being wonky. Unlike if you are the 12th seed in this year's tournament where it's just like, I said I gave you a 50, you're showing me a 5, but I gave you a 50, so I don't know what to tell you. Looks like you lost 45 bucks somehow. Um, that moves you to the 10th seed, who in this year's tournament, yes, back in the 10th slot for the third year in a row, <clears throat> well, <sighs> yeah, I'm not making a lot of money, but I like my job. Or, even better, yeah, it's shit wages, but I love my job. Those jobs are all kinds of places, which is too bad. But if you can get past it, that money thing, well, at least that plateau is attainable for everybody. But then you do have to figure out what you're going to do about money because you're going to be making 22 grand a year, 28 grand a year, whatever. You're going to be living like a pauper. But that, I think, is actually one of the train-to-think parts that you can get past. But not every don't need it all. And, and all of us fall prey to those um, consume, 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 and acquire, 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 fill storage bin, fill storage bin. Uh, and, and so it's one, once you step out of that, you can, you can have a whole chunk of, wow, I don't need any of this shit come out of your life. But not everybody in, in very many ways, not everybody is even built to do it. But if you're starting to think that way, trust me, that is one of the great moves you can make for yourself, is to get rid of all the shit you'll never need again, says he to himself, because that's on my list of things to get done in April, says he to himself, every year, May, March, what's wrong with March? Still got time in March? Do some work. All right, um, back to the number 10 seed. So you like, love your job, but you're not making any money. Well... Then you get to the nine seed where, okay, I'm making pretty good money, but I definitely don't love my job. That's a dangerous plateau to be on. That is a plateau 
where if you know you're in a position to be bought, you have to ask yourself, what's your price? Seriously. If, if you are going to do nothing but run, um, run uh, mechanical plant uh, um, design schematics, if you're going to do nothing but produce those for a, a pretty penny, but you hate the work, or you just find the work monotonous, or you find the work too detailed, or you find the work to be unartistic. Who cares what your disappointment could be if you are starting to get to a point in life where you know you can be bought? Well, then it, make sure that you know that you're going to be bought for a price that's worth sticking around for something mediocre. And for somebody who says you don't need money, I'm telling you, everybody that starts into a career vertical and then shows some competence and then gets some responsibility and then shows that there might be some actual potential for, for serious acceleration is going to get offered a chance to join the team or get out. If you're going to join the team, don't do it because you don't have better options. That's a time to make sure you're doing it because either A, there's something at that end line that's worth it, whether it be prestige or um, a chance to move into some other career, whatever. It can be a stepping stone, a goal-oriented stone, or it's about some securing some chain. And that's it. That's literally it. If anything else is what you're thinking then something in your head is saying, uh, am I going to give up my dream of being a novelist if I take this vice presidency? That's a voice worth listening to. That's all I'm saying. And if you're going to ignore it, or at least not let it have the floor, and then vote with it on which direction you're going to go, then get something worth selling out for. America is a sellout nation. Don't think of it as something that is a compromising of your principles. Bullshit. It's not. It's, it's taking life's moments of evaluation that matter and treating them with some, some uh, consideration as they're occurring for the moments that they are. And I don't begrudge anybody anything as a choice that they think calculates ultimately as an advantage that their life will will receive in return fantastic literally i don't care if that means you're going to become a, a nationwide bank robber i really do not i don't i just want it to be what you feel like is your purpose to to exist that's all you should be fulfilling because when that voice is telling you should i take this vp job you're, you've smothered that voice or it wouldn't be asking. So if it's asking, these are the times when it's asking for maybe the last time to seriously get your attention enough to change your life. So when you hear yourself hesitate on something that everybody else has told you 
this is going to fulfill your life? Don't be afraid to say, I don't think it is. Because once you're sitting on that perch, that one that is, uh, I'm making decent money, good money, but I don't really like my job. Well, if that voice is, is trying to get your attention and you don't listen to it when you're sitting on this particular point in life, it, it may be the last time you hear it. Um, and if it's shouting at you, even if it's just throwing paper airplanes from the back of the room at you, it, listen to it. You don't have to go through life not liking your job. You're going to spend a lot of time at your job. The money will not feel worth it at the end. It just won't. Um, which puts you in the number eight slot. This would be... Um, you have a rewarding career um, with some potential. So what I have here are... Um, I actually put some of my own jobs in this slot and I have forgotten to, first of all, let's go back to nine because in the nine slot I had, um, hello, shoot. I thought I heard somebody at the window. I am glad that wasn't the case. I think the dog will be going a little crazier. I think I'm having a paranoid moment. So let's get back to this in the don't love my job, but the money's pretty good. I had construction worker, which just meant that I was a grunt one summer um, before I went to college. My dad got me that job, I believe, and it was it was terrible, but the money was good. Um, I actually put Baskin Robbins on here for college. I worked at Baskin Robbins in college, but I had Baskin Robbins in high school down in the... Um, like my job, but don't make any money. I made pretty good money compared to what I could make working other jobs in college, which is crazy. But so I put it up there. Don't love my job, but the money was decent. So that was my second trip to Baskin Robbins. That is exactly how I felt about working for the Saturn Corporation. And uh, that's exactly how I felt about working for Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And so when you move up to the eighth slot, Rewarding career potential. I have bartender um, and the wilderness school and working at exploration, which basically those were the same job. Although the wilderness school clearly was the superior um, life path if you had to pick. Um, but either one was full of fulfilling potential, but they were limited, just like bartender. So they couldn't r rise into the seventh slot where I have, um, you have success in a field of your choice that you have earned. In other words, you set out to become a, um, a high school history teacher and you get, uh, somewhere along your, your path, uh, maybe even get a master's in history. I don't know, but you just end up a successful high school teacher like you imagined. Little work involved, little uh, uh, disappointment in the path involved, but ultimately it was a good choice. And you're glad at the end that you're there. And you were good at it. You had 
enough success to feel proud of the work you did. So in here, I had um, the time I spent as a resident advisor. Um, actually, I had the time I spent as a waiter. I actually loved waiting tables. Time I spent as a caddy, and I put the time I spent as a poker player. All right, into the sixth slot. Now we're talking some of these places where, what are you complaining about, man? You're a leader in a field that is of your choice. So moving from just having some success and feeling good about the choice you made, now you're actually recognized as a leader in your field. Maybe you're Colorado Teacher of the Year or National Teacher of the Year or um, you patent uh, an enzyme uh, sequence as if I know what an enzyme sequence patent would look like. My point is, there is something to be said for being uh, recognized as, um, as, as excellent in a, in a career of your peers. And I think that sort of recognition, um, even in a field like... Um, hmm, um, Uh, high school teaching, to be honest. I mean, as much as much dirt as gets piled on that career anymore, the idea that maybe you could establish yourself as a leader in that field, I think might make all of the rest of it worthwhile. I don't know. That would be a risky proposition at this point to put your long-term goal bet on that. Um but perhaps you, uh, you're a child psychologist who innovates a, a, a new uh, therapeutic approach that starts to get adopted uh, industry-wide over the course of your career. Things like that would just um, provide another level of job satisfaction above just feeling successful in what you did. Uh, but then when you want to feel even better than that, well, now you're talking about doing um you've you've earned the leadership role in your field and you love what you're doing so it's one thing to become the best uh let's say real home real estate salesperson what do you call those people realtor let's say commercial real estate right you're the number one commercial real estate selling uh, agent for Century 21, if they're even a firm that sells commercial real estate in Colorado. Um, but you don't really like selling commercial real estate. Okay, well, then you're a six. You're a leader in a field. But to be a five, you have to be a leader, an earned leader, meaning you didn't just stumble into something that you're great at. Like, um, um, you you've earned your place in this leadership position, not just fallen into it. And I was trying to think of something where, um, oh, I had an example for this. I wish I'd have written it down. This was important to me at the time that you had to have earned it. And it wasn't like talent. It wasn't sports. Um, Maybe I was thinking of somebody who invents the uh, 
the post-it note and becomes, oh, no, I know exactly who I was thinking of. Okay, the guy who invented five-hour energy um, and became ludicrously rich from it and then just became philanthropic and very... I mean, it, you can stumble into something where you just had a good idea, become a leader in a field, but it's it's not like you worked to become a um, uh, a historian uh, that that was fluent in Latin and Greek and all ancient uh, um, languages, so that you could read original texts, and then you figured out the the philosopher's stone and you and the alchemy to turn lead into gold or i don't know what but if you if you go through that kind of process rather than and i'm not trying to put the five hour energy dude down that might have been all chemistry for like dozens of years but if you if you i think if you come out the end of something and i'll put athletics here i'll put um the pursuit of of anything here music drama law business i I mean if you decide that you're going to go out and um and open the best ski resort in the state of idaho and you pull it off well i think that's better than if you're um if your great uncle albert who you didn't even know leaves you a ski resort and you didn't even know he owned it, but then you happen to turn that into the best uh, number one ranked ski resort in all of Idaho, well, I think that would be a pretty uh, satisfying way to find yourself a living. But if, if you just stumble into something and then become good at it, there's a different contentment than if you pursue something, work for it, and then achieve excellence in that field. So there's my separation. Which brings us to the final four. If you're in fourth seed in my tournament, well, then you fell into a field that you were... You had good intuition. Let's say you decide you want to get into uh, journalism. Okay? So you take your first job at the Denver Post, even an internship. And it just works out. From there on, you're Team Denver Post. And you have a fantastic career. You become editor of the news section or whatever. In other words, you are just that person who never had to think twice about the fact that I love my job and I'm going to continue doing exactly this job because every opportunity I want is right here. Those people exist. And whether it be acting or music or any, anything that you might just fall in love with, even if it was something you thought you might really want to do, those don't always work out. So if you just, happened to get into the astronaut program and it was perfect well that would be i think somewhere between falling into a field with extreme success 
and determining that you had found your life's calling. I think there's a, an internal satisfaction that can come with a job that lets you know it's your life's calling, that has nothing to do with money, has nothing to do with results. It has to do with the actual work. You know you're doing the right work. And you may be only uh, keeping it from, from overflowing further into chaos. And you're simply here to do what you can to stem the tide of insanity because nobody else is stemming it at all. So though you can't do anything but watch everything get worse around you, well, without your effort, things would be severer, beyond the pale, out of recovery mode. But your <laughs> arrival and ability to stand firm against mounting and, <laughs> and overwhelming odds sometimes is the example that lets other people know I didn't have to be it doesn't have to be my life's calling it doesn't have to be something that I know I'm going to find ultimate fulfillment it doesn't even have to be something that is here to to become my career I can see that that is some place that needs help because for whatever reason that guy over there just getting himself beat up certainly looks like he could use some help. Now all of a sudden there are two of you standing there getting shoveling shit out of the barn until your hands bleed, but you never know who's going to drive by while you're cleaning the wheelbarrow and ask if there's anything they can do to pitch in because they've seen you working so hard for two days. They wonder if What's the deal? Why are you even over here trying? Nobody tries this. What are you fighting this silliness for? You, you got a, there's, say, you got a partner? You got a, what, there are two of you doing this? Oh God, really? There are two of you over there. Well, uh, your life's calling is, is about what, the work that you know you should be doing. And if you can sync that up with what pays the bills, well, then I think in some ways you found what you were born to do. But I've never felt like I was born to do anything except um, uh, maximize the amount of free time in my life. I was kind of born to do that. I was definitely born to, I was born to compliment other people on things that they were advertising, they were in need of getting noticed. I believe that's what I was pretty much born to do. But that doesn't pay. I certainly wasn't born to, say, um, file tax returns, though I believe I could have learned to be an accountant. It always looked like the kind of park bench I would 
ultimately sit on and go, Ugh! it's all wet paint. Oh my God damn it. Why'd I sit here? Oh, I knew I shouldn't have done this. Oh, well. Hmm. Maybe dentistry. You know, I mean, other than teaching, a little bit counseling, but I was always aware I was too crazy to get into that. So I'm glad I knew that because there was the right blend of money, prestige, and bullshittery that could have gotten me hooked. But I, I knew I was, I knew I was headed for some sort of nervous breakdown. So I wasn't willing to take a patient load with me. Attorney, uh, just, I knew any career that offered 30% slippery sleaze slope was a slope I was going to just slippery sleaze my way down. So the attorney was always a negative. Medical was always negative just because of the blood and not, not being a dermatologist or a uh, proctologist never looked like an alternative. So you start taking classes in philosophy or you start looking at things besides an economics degree or, well, what, what do, uh, what do people with, uh, with critical thinking degrees, what do they go do? Oh, they go think critically? Well, yeah, I could do that. Uh, play some Scrabble? Sweet. Yeah, I totally could do that. Essentially, I think if if I'd have been able to piece this together, maybe it would have been a sobering moment. But when you think of what you see in the movies, when they go visit the person who's unfortunately by circumstances that were not in their control found themselves in the loony bin, but they're not crazy. So they're always lurking by the shelves of games or the rack of magazines or like, I mean, if I'd have just had time to sit around and challenge people to chess and read a couple of good articles, maybe even done the cleanup work in the kitchen for whoever had to make dinner and then had access to the internet the freedom to maneuver around the world and just enough resourcefulness to earn plain money to get somewhere. Um, I hate to say it, but I might have been able to wear those tattered slippers all over the universe. But I never approached the idea of job search or career fulfillment or what am I going to do 45 hours a week, 47, 48, 63, whatever it's going to be by the time this thing's over? What am I going to do with all that time that's going to fulfill me? Well, high school teacher was certainly on the list, but I'm not being at all funny when I say I worried significantly about um, the scandalous nature of that position it and I was I didn't have any interest in teaching elementary school kids junior high maybe but now we're starting to get into places where I'm like you know I don't know if teacher's the right place and counselor ugh. but again there's my instinct to try to help coming out or try to in, create enthusiasm about curiosity without finding an avenue in which it was a good place to make that contribution 
And I never thought through, okay, well, where can I be in a position to be more understanding and kind? I never thought about what I found fulfilling at the end of a day to combine with what I was good at or what I thought I actually enjoyed doing or found fulfilling work. Anytime I could help underprivileged people find the advantages they were not being served was always going to feel like I had done something worthwhile for my day. So those should have been my baselines. Things like, well, if at the very worst, I have to dedicate my time at homeless shelters, I know I can come home feeling like I spent my day doing something worthwhile. But I kept trying to find the veneer that would look the most impressive that I could wear with the least distortion and then parade that around until it felt like me and hope for the best. Whether that be guy trying to get into grad school who's currently uh, working as a bartender. I mean, what, what story do you want to tell yourself about yourself? Except the one that's starkly true. That is, you keep looking for fulfillment without finding something where you'll be kind and helpful with your day. And if you don't have that in your day, whatever you're doing won't, you, it'll, you're creating your own enslavement. And I'm not trying to be trite. I'm trying to say the mental framework that you will tolerate can sometimes start to make you feel like that's who you are. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a guy who, who wants to always be the hardest working guy in the store. Uh, actually, no, that isn't who I am at all. It is a coping mechanism I've used my whole life to keep the grenades that I carry in my underpants from being all that big a surprise when they go off. But I'm finally going back to a place where the three things that I wanted to be, kind, understanding, and forgiving, are built in. So instead of working from, how is this going to fit me? It's like, no, I already know what I need to fit. It's just a question of plugging it into the right environment. And these are the kinds of things that I didn't even know how to think until I woke up thinking differently. So I'm not above the woo-woo stuff of this new approach to life proves I'm a non-player character in all your all simulated universe. And I got my programming, and so here I am to finally see rhythmic, influential um, effect that all of us have across all of the actions we take in every single moment of manipulation of space-time matter that we initiate. It all has influence. And I've been living that way this entire year. I've been living that way really for two and a half, three years. And I keep finding better thinking processes, building on even better thinking processes, building on more insightful moments, building on true connective material that what I find comes together in a way that I almost can't believe I haven't been able to see it before. Just, it's almost 
uh, the closest I can come to describing it is when you leave a puzzle that is in, say, one-third completion state, and whatever time frame you're gone, you come back and somebody's done another two-thirds of the work, and all of a sudden there's a whole lot of clarity to what you didn't see because you just hadn't done the work to get to the, the stage of completion that it's now in. That's what I feel like. Someone jumped me forward in my own jigsaw puzzle, and all these pieces are now in place that I... I <laughs> Uh, I'm going to come up with ways to describe this because I still, I mean, it's not possessed by the devil. If anything, it's, it's the devil's left you. It, I even have memories of childhood that I haven't had in forever because I've got more of my childlike thinking brain back in my head. Maybe that's just dissolving all the lies, but whatever it is, I'm going to end with this. And that is, um, oh, wait, I never got back to, <laughs> okay, hang on. I dropped, I'm going to, this is be the second time in two recordings. Check this out. Okay. I was talking about how you lose, at some point you lose your libido. And what I mean is it stops being the 17 first thoughts out of every 18 seconds of your life. It it drops somewhere below half of that, if not way below half of that. And nobody told me this. So maybe this is the kind of thing that uh, doesn't get talked about in, in locker rooms. But it isn't like I still don't have the, uh, the spring fever uh, fantasy of being a male in uh, the land of uh, of potential mates. But I can go an entire week without being distracted by it once. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that is so different <laughs> from anything I knew was even coming down the pipe. I look at, you look at a guy like Jack Nicholson, you just think, oh my God, this is a lifelong freaking sentence. Or whatever. But no, it wasn't. And could this be just as reprogrammed as anything else? Was I just an out-of-balance sexaholic? I'm, it's possible. I'm not going to say that's not entirely possible. But when I broke down my need for companionship, it was always about needing to be told I wasn't broken. So the rest of it was was just my maintenance program to make sure that you had reasons to stick around. But ultimately, if if you weren't going to fix me, which you weren't, or tell me that <clears throat> all the ways that I had the self-loathing interior that I was never going to show you were just going to have to discover and then tenderly tell me that none of that was true, well, I'm I'm literally putting up the most ridiculous obstacle course and saying, if you make it through perfectly the first time blindfolded with, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and put you on a tricycle too. I, I didn't, I didn't know how completely twisted up. I made everything in my life until I started seeing the rhythm and simplicity 
of a life lived outside of the moment, but for the moment. My whole life I'd been living for the future, the past, something in and everything but the moment I'm having. Well, these are all the changes that I've gone through. And, and, and I'm not vocalizing them at all in a way that I mean to. But I'll keep working. I got another 10 months, 10 months in a week. I don't know where Lily is. Her birthday's in 10 days, so hopefully she shows up soon. <laughs> Phoebe stopped snoring when she heard Lily. But rather than leaving you with thoughts of Lily, I'll leave you with thoughts of, if you got to work in this country, right? And the slippery scale goes from slavery and such all the way to born to do what you're doing. Well, I don't expect to be born to do what I'm doing, but I'm not going to settle for, well, I'm getting paid, but I don't love my job. That, that's, that's too much of my life to dedicate to what I know is ultimately C-minus return. I do not think I came down to planet Earth to have this phenomenal hallucination of an experience so that I could process TP reports and not think I'm wasting the opportunity I took to come down here. So... For the first and probably last time ever, I'm proceeding in a way that I know if I can figure it out, at least will lead to a fulfilling outcome. All this bouncing around, hoping that I just happen to land in the right golf cup and ace the tournament for a trip to the Bahamas. Well, while I did do that. <laughs> That is seriously my one best golf moment, is hitting a hole-in-one in a tournament where I also won plane tickets because that's the kind of stuff they do in tournaments when you hit hole-in-one. And that's the only hole-in-one I have in life. But if we're going to end on a good note, well, is there a better note to end on than a hole-in-one in golf? No, there isn't. Absolutely not. Nope. Nope. That's the best. 